Briscoe's entrance is electric. Absolutely electric. Like the Chiefs defense on Sunday. You ever hear of a guy named Ray Lewis? Yeah. Energy I'm bringing today. I, I love it. I love it. It looked more Karloftis to me than Ray Lewis, but That's fair. I'm still a fan. Yeah, I, I, I can live with that. I can, I can be uh, uh, Furious George. Man, he was furious on Sunday. He he has been like borderline reckless in a way that makes me really happy. That is a strong man. Like you and I at, at the MVS charity event when we were hosting that, he came and sat by us for a long time. Yeah, did not want to swing a baseball bat. He did not want to swing a baseball bat, but that's okay because that dude is just bull rushing everyone. Uh, yeah, baseball, softball, maybe not his game. Football, it, it is. Someone hit a base or a softball at him, and it almost hit him, and I was thinking. I'm not scared for George. I'm scared <laughs> for the softball. And we're seeing just – and I'm, I'm saying it to, to put it in perspective of how large a human being Karloftis is, yeah. how strong he is, how quick and athletic he is, how nice he is. He's a really nice guy. Real nice guy. But, but the point is he has grown so much already from his rookie year until now. He almost comes off as a grizzled old veteran on this team. It yeah. makes me laugh because when you think of like the young defensive line and some of these young pieces on the defense in general, Carl Loftus doesn't come up as a young guy to me. I'm just thinking of him as this grizzled vet, yeah. and he's like 22 years old. He played a ton of snaps last year. Uh, I think he ended up with the most snaps of any Chiefs defensive end. I'm like 95% sure that was it. I think I predicted that preseason not to pat myself on the back about it. He is 22, by the way. That's crazy, <laughs> man. Like He's out here feeling 22. I don't know about you, but I think that's awesome for the Chiefs defensive line. It, it, honestly, I know we're getting real X's and O's real fast, which is kind of a fun change of pace for us. Maybe maybe we're rejecting the Taylor Swift talk to, and getting so on the Chiefs defensive line right away that this is just what the show is now. You, but, you swiftly went into this I know, talk, but huh? it's because it's fun and it's exciting. No, we're going to have bad blood, dude. My, we're not going to have bad blood. You know we got mad love. Michael F. Dana, who, no. where, who's talking about Mike Dana more than this show? Who talked about show, Who's talking un- about Mike Dana more than Sterling Holmes? The unsung hero of the defense. That rep where he is, he I don't remember if he was lined up on the nose, but he, he ended up one-on-one against the center. And I, I had mentioned it to Seth Kaiser, and he was like, yeah, yeah. It was like a, a bull hezzy. Like he, he, he hit it with like the little push-pull bull rush kind of thing because he does that, or a stutter, I think is what it was. Yeah. I, bull hezzy is my phrase. Yeah, I was saying, I, hearing Kaiser say bull hezzy. No, nah, you're right. Yeah. He called it a bull stutter, I think. And because he'll do kind of that little kind of stutter step kind of hesitation move and, because, as Seth pointed out, he's quicker than interior offensive yes. linemen so that that little hezzy kind of thing really works. Well, now what Mike Dana can do, good luck, America, is he can do that little hezzy and kind of get you off balance and, and move to, and then just walk an NFL center straight back into <laughs> Justin Fields? That's that's really fun. The Chiefs' defense is fun as hell right now. Yeah, we talked about what was it going to look like without Chris Jones, and not only were they, we only saw one game worth, yeah. but they obviously took that and ran with They said, you know what? Fine. No one believes in us. We are going to step up and show you that we will be fine without him. And then you add in Chris Jones. Yes. And by the way, Chris Jones hardly played at all on Sunday. Yep. Uh, he obviously did not need to. Right. Uh, I'm a little surprised because that 51%, obviously sure. he's trying to hit and missing one game, I'm sure is not going to be uh, doing him any favors. Yep. But he saw that 15 sack number, that DPOY number, yep. and he says, all right, well, I'll at least get those because get those. another sack in this game. I, I almost felt bad for Justin Fields, but he also did himself no favors. Yep. This Chiefs defense, I don't care that it was the Bears. 
You saw what the Cardinals did to what we all assumed was a very good defense in the Cowboys. It's the NFL. These are all NFL athletes. It's not Alabama against an FCS program. That's right. These are NFL players. They're fighting for their jobs. If you're on a bad team, even more so sometimes you're fighting for your job because you might not make it on another team. And the Chiefs defense just waxed these guys. I can't give enough credit to them. Um, Steve Spagnuolo, I think, has done a just phenomenal job. The versatility of this defense has to be his dream. You know, he was probably promised year one, hey, we'll get you some guys, we'll get you your guys. Well, now he has his guys. They're not rookies anymore. A lot of the young guys are now going into their second and third year. Yes. They're all clicking. I mean, Spags, if you are him, you just have to be ecstatic right now. Absolutely. And and the number of times that we – one of the one of the biggest parts of team building and and team success is a very, very, very difficult thing for us to judge correctly from the outside. It's hard to judge internally for teams. It's player development. Because you're going to draft a guy who is some version of himself out of college, and when he retires, he's going to be a very different player. Now, some of that is on the—I mean, of course, a lot of that's on the player to continue improving and, and developing his game— but that that's not going to be all off-season stuff with some dudes who may or may not have been NFL coaches at some point. What? How are you going to grow in the building with your coaching staff? The fact that this team is running out a, 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 a bullpen of second-year defenders who look aggressive, fast, largely making pretty mistake-free football happen, communicating stupendously. Yeah. I, I think at this point, a little bit of a sidetrack, I think at this point, both from snap count, I actually didn't compare their snap counts, it didn't really matter against the Bears because it was a, ultimately a preseason game, but in, in week one, Joshua Williams played a ton and Jalen Watson played no defensive snaps. In week two, Jalen Watson played some snaps and had a couple of like impact plays. Sure. On, on Sunday... Williams had that one play where he got his head around and like Dylan and I were losing our minds. It was yes. just, it was a great great rep from Josh Williams. Later in the game, Jalen Watson I think was the one who gave up one of those that deep shot down the sideline. I think that led to I don't remember if it was the touchdown of the was field it the goal. One, was it the one handed catch by DJ Moore? That might have been it. Um, but it, it was that so great defense by the way. It, he was in position, <laughs> but he he didn't get around to the ball. And sure. I went okay. You know what? I I now see finally. I've just been trying to figure out where the hierarchy is going to be. I see that this is, I'm going to, maybe controversial at the top here. Trent McDuffie, one. Legereus Sneed, two. Joshua Williams, three. Jalen Watson, four. Yep. That is an embarrassment of riches. You could take the best corner of that group, Trent McDuffie, and I love Legereus Sneed. I know you yeah. love Legereus Sneed. Correct. Do we agree on number one? Yes, it's Trent McDuffie. Dude's an alien. Thrilling to watch. You could remove him and still have an average NFL one, two, three. Yeah. What's so impressive with Trent McDuffie, too, just he missed a lot, a large portion of last year. Like six weeks or something. So, you know, I don't, I'm not saying he's a rookie, but he hasn't had the full NFL grind, uh, just, just going up against these wide receivers game in and game out, right? He's still a red shirt. Is that we're going to Kind of, yeah. He's kind of, of a red, red shirt rookie a little bit, yeah. But, he the NFL playoff games and all he's probably he's close to a, a full season yeah, but he's not there yet. Point. He's I, not there yet. I will say with the NFL in general with the young cornerbacks, I I want to start putting him in in there with Sauce Gardner. Yes. Um Tyreek Woolen for for Seattle. Yep. Um I I think another good one who we're going to start talking about more. I want to talk about more because I think he's so talented. Christian Gonzalez yeah. for the Patriots. I said when he fell 
to New England and go, this is about to be the perfect marriage between Belichick and Christian Gonzalez. And I, I've watched those three games, and each time I'm, I've, I'm left going, that guy's the best defender on the field. Yeah. He's a rookie. Yeah. He's the best defender. But Trent McDuffie needs to be in the conversation because McDuffie, I had my concerns, even in this preseason, I said, when he gets beat, he doesn't have the size or the arm length to recover the way that some of these bigger bodies corners do. I go, if he gets beat, the recovery is just non-existent. We're, still waiting, we're still waiting to find out. He ain't getting beat. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're not getting beat. And, and that's what's so impressive with McDuffie is you can say the Bears are bad. You can say Justin Fields is horrendous. End of the day, those are still some decent wide receivers. Chase Claypool, right? Mm-hmm. DJ Moore. And it, what we're focusing on for, for me is where was the separation from those wide receivers? There was none. None. none there was none. none. So as bad Nowhere as, to go with football. But, but so as bad as the Bears are, you can still take some aspects of that game, especially in the secondary of the Kansas City Chiefs, and say, you know what? That happens against any other team. Yeah, sure, maybe it's not Tyree Killer, it's not um, you know, Devontae Adams, but DJ Moore is a legit wide receiver one, and that dude was locked. That that's absolutely correct. And that's something that we were seeing from some of the tweets of the in the press box. You can actually I haven't gotten to watch the All Twenty Two yet, and I just wish everything was uh was broadcast like Prime Vision. Um, but that's 100% right. Part of the reason Justin Fields looks so hapless is because there was nowhere to go with the football because the coverage was great, and the coverage was great while they were getting pressure. The offensive line for the Bears, not good. Justin Fields, not in a good place right now. The offensive, or, or, or he's also not good and, and might just not be good. The offensive play calling and coordinating over the first three weeks of the season, not good. How many times over the years have we said, oh, man, I just wish the Chiefs could just put a bad team away. Just thump a bad team. Just steamroll a bad team. They never do. They never do. It's always a one-score game. They play it on the level of their opponent. The AFC South owns them. <laughs> Why can't they just put a team away? Sunday, they throttled the team. I also have breaking news. Trent McDuffie has played. 17 NFL games now. Oh, that's why. He's now he's now a, a veteran. We're now 14 regular season games and the three in the playoffs, and he's played some high, uh, high leverage, high profile ones, of course. But 14 games last season, counting the playoffs. He's now sure. three further in. So he, his, uh, his second, his second uh, season officially begins Sunday night against the Jets. Yeah, his red shirt's lifted. Yeah, that's red, right. Red shirt's lifted. I guess that's right. Yeah. No, just in general, you see no Nick Bolton. Yeah, and you know How about me, that too. Love Nick Bolton against mm-hmm. a run-first offense. Yeah, with believe it or not, Khalil Herbert last year was very effective. Mm-hmm. Just I don't think he's a great running back necessarily, but he's very effective. Roshan Johnson, I'm actually a pretty big fan of. Uh, I will say, uh, I thought he was going to get two more yards because he got forty. I was about to turn a five dollar parlay into one hundred and forty bucks. All I needed. <sighs> thank you, Isaiah Pacheco, and thank you, Rasheed Rice. Uh, Roshan Johnson got needed two more yards. I got to stop doing parlays, man. Yeah, but I hit seven more in a row, which was which was a nice. I had a nice evening, but no one cares about my bets. It's the same. Like, no one cares about your fantasy football team. No one cares what you scored in golf. Yeah. No one cares about your almost bets, okay? That's usually and true. almost bet is a loss. Yeah. So, I would rather hear about your, I don't know, the, the, do we care about parlay math? I, the parlays are fun because you can turn $2 into 140 or yeah. whatever. But most of the time, you turn $2 into $0. Yeah, so. Correct. You, you never hear about the uh, the losses no. I find out, except for the almost losses, you still do. And guess what? Those are even less fun because you know what? You still don't see the money, and your boys are saying, well, congrats on the almost loss. Can I hold five? No, that five's <laughs> now gone. Uh, but with Nick Bolton being out, I yes. was a little a little concerned uh, because I thought, all right, they run the football a lot. Justin Field is good at running the football as well. Should I be a little concerned in this aspect? And Drew Tranquil said, Sterling, you're a buffoon. You've talked about me all offseason. You said that you're my favorite pickup. Yeah. You've talked about me saying I was going to be the game changer week one, and now you forget about me in this game? 
How dare you? I actually didn't forget it. I, I, I just said it was going to be important for him to, to step up, but I wanted to see him step up, and he did. Yeah. Because he was a spy a lot on Justin Fields. He gets downhill very quickly. He was top 15 pass coverage last year uh, in coverage as a PFF linebacker. Um, Drew Tranquil was outstanding. And by the way, this is why you bring him in. Yeah. In case something happens to Nick Bolton, you have your green dot and a guy who can play all three linebacker positions. Uh, Drew Tranquil, I have to give a huge hat tip to. 100%. I, um, I think the most important, most impressive part of that is the green dot aspect. And and you, I, I'll put my cards out on the table of that. I, I value Nick Bolton as a football player, as a, a defensive leader, and what he does do mentally. I understand why Spags loves him. I I hope that the Chiefs don't make him the highest-paid linebacker in football when his rookie contract is coming up. I'm a little bit worried about that, uh, just from a value proposition. He's a very good football player, but genuinely asking, even that with that being my, my biased background, was there one time that we saw the Chiefs have a communication problem on defense, at least in any way that they had to pay for it at all? Because I don't think we did. And that's the thing. Again, not this isn't minimizing Nick Bolton necessarily. But, don't you dare. But I will I will, I will. will throw hands over Nick Bolton. I, 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 I will actually throw hands over Nick Bolton. You know me. Yeah, when, when, they, out of when, they, when they offer him $14 million a year, where are your hands going to be? Uh, hand, my hands out to Nick Bolton <laughs> saying, I, I, I have supported you, good sir. Uh, I'm a Mizzou alum as well. Uh, no, that's totally fair. But... That That's the thing that I think you could say Nick Bolton does the most exceptionally is the processing. And he just, mm. dude just talks fast. We appreciate that around here. Dude thinks fast, talks fast, and knows where everything needs to be. He's so and, smart. And that, But that wasn't missed with Drew Tranquil out there. And that was the part that I was most nervous about was, are, is there going to be a coverage bust because somebody doesn't understand something? from Is, is Tranquil going to be able to, to adjust on the fly? And that just that was never a problem, which was really impressive. Uh, I do want to talk about the offensive line. Uh, but before I do that, with Blaine Gabbert, just sticking with the Mizzou talk here. Sure. I know people were so upset. You worried about Twitter. Vandy? No, not at all, man. Okay, all right. We, 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 we can finish the show talking. No, I just little, wanted to check. College, but I no. just wanted to check if you were worried uh, about I will be celebrating I will be celebrating hardcore when Mizzou moves to 5-0 and and they host LSU at yeah. home, considering going to that game. You should. Get a little rowdy. What, uh, what day is what, what, what that? Uh, two weeks. Uh, what, 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 you mar- Dylan, why'd you mark that? Me saying I'm going to get a little is rowdy? A little or? rowdy. I mean, that's a... You, that's you're a not predict- on air right now. No, your mic's not Your mic's off. Uh, somebody was You might need some audio. Here. You're good. Yeah. We got you. Uh, you know, it's just a bold prediction. 5-0. and You're just... Saying it on a Tuesday, you're going to be five and zero next Monday. So I just yeah. had to mark it. Yeah, case, get a little rowdy. In case the fighting skip middle of the week. Saying yeah, I will. I will go ahead and say it. Mizzou's going to move to five and zero. I went to uh, I went to the KU game on Saturday. My cousin goes there, like family weekend kind of thing. It was sure. fun, but now I kind of got the bug a little bit of like college football. Uh, I do want to go to a, I do want to go to a K State game. I do want to go to a Mizzou game in Mizzou. Let's do something. You want to swing really through? Fun. I don't know. Let's talk about it. We got we got a whole tailgate, Let's, fraternity tailgate. Oh, we got we got oh, a whole man. bunch of folk going. I don't want to invite myself to your frat You're tailgate, invited. but like, hey, everyone can swing through. Let's talk off air. We'll, we'll, we'll keep. We'll, we'll I, talk off air. I, I'm going to keep that date open. Also, good for the local uh, college sports, KU, K State, yeah, yeah, that's all. That's where I'm coming from. I wore a KU shirt to the KU game. 
I've got purple that I'll wear to K State. I'll I'll make sure I'm blending in with the stripes if I end up uh, end up at Mizzou. Yeah, so I'm rooting for everyone. I want everyone to have a nice time and not get injured. My my fiance went to K State, so I actually bought a lavender because I like the lavender anyways. Yeah, lavender's nice. So one of those nice lavender lavender haze. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're gonna go, to we sure are. Why uh, not a nice lavender haze quarter zip? So I rocked that. When yeah, they're dude. not playing Mizzou, of course. Sure, that's uh, and we had a, and we had a rule because we watched that game together, the Mizzou K State game. We used to play pool at a lot this, at this bar before it closed during. COVID, mm-hmm. um, we used to play pool a lot, and one of the signs that always made us laugh was, whoever wins, shake hands, and don't be a jack wagon. So whoever wins, we go, all right, whoever wins, we shake hands, and we say, don't be a jack wagon. So we had that, and then we cooled off for a little bit. I let you know her, because Harrison Mavis with the 61, yeah. with uh, the huge leg. Yeah, that thick kick. But uh, the thicker kicker. Yeah. So, uh, But back to... Sorry, I don't remember why we ended up there, Vandy. And Blaine Gabbard. I was saying there's two interceptions. Oh, yeah. The one was bad, but the second one was One was Rasheed Rice's fault. One was Rasheed Rice's fault, and frankly, who cares, because if you are going to be upset by this, then you are actually actively looking for something to be upset about in this game. From the Gabbert perspective or from the Rice perspective? From the from the Gabbert perspective. Yeah, Even the totally. Rice perspective. Let's, let's talk about Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice should. had a really good game. I joked and said if you are going to have a uh, a ball that you're supposed to catch and you drop it into the arms of the defender, yeah. uh, that's the best time to do it. Do it up for you <laughs> with the backup throwing it to you. Yeah, for sure. But Rasheed Rice was getting open yes. at will. And I get it. The Bears' defense isn't good, but no one thought they were going to be this bad. They retooled that defense, and maybe they do get a little better as the season goes on. There's a lot of new pieces there. But Rasheed Rice was getting open. Five receptions, seven targets. Went down on the one-yard line twice. Twice, Easily could have had two touchdowns. I mean, Rasheed Rice is really stepping up into the... I don't know if you want to say Juju Smith-Schuster role, but... There's a role that he's feeling pretty Sammy nicely. Sammy Watkins' name keeps coming around. The aforementioned Seth Kaiser. He said. He said my favorite. This is totally subjective. Like this is this is about the time in which I was a a, a young boy in Kansas City, falling in love with NFL football. So I'm going to go ahead and say now that with with full confidence. Last Seth, year, Seth, oh. Seth invoked the name of my favorite wide receiver in Chiefs history. Dwayne Bow. Dwayne Bow. That's absolutely right. Over Dwayne Bow. Um, that was definitely a fantasy football team name. I had the Killer Bees one year yeah. when they had it was Bo Baldwin and and Breston. Oh, Remember yeah. John Baldwin and Steve John Breston Baldwin, dude. joining Dwayne Bow for what was going to be a great unit. Tony, not Mo- so much. Tony Moayaki's. Oh, I love that. Love that guy. Yeah. Um, but Rasheed Rice, whoever you want to comp him to, there's there's one thing that that he did consistently, and that he's done. Really, at least off and on over the first three weeks, and certainly none of the receivers had great days in week one. But but against Jacksonville and, and Chicago in particular, Rasheed Rice has looked increasingly more comfortable on the football field finding those little patches of grass. That little route, I think it was one of the two times he almost scored, just kind of running down the seam and turning towards Mahomes and then kind of keeping his feet moving, kind of still continuing to float a little bit. Yeah. That is one of those soft spot kind of plays. You can use your body to create some separation behind you. You've got some grass around you. Mahomes is going to put it on you. You bring it in. It's unfortunate that Rice was was bookended by two bad plays in a, in a really good day. Sure, because I think that that incompletion was his fault on where he 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 slowed up a little too much for that space, and and that's also a tiny bit is going to be on Mahomes to adjust to the fact that, I think this is another Seth or Nate point, but to adjust to the fact that not every one of his pass catchers is Travis Kelsey sure. in terms of the knowledge of how all that works, but also I would I put 90% on that on the pass catchers to get on page with Mahomes. But he did that throughout the rest of the game. 
one atrocious drop that pops off a shoulder pad, hits the freaking Norma Hunt memorial patch yeah. on his on his his collarbone or whatever, and pops up. Man, obviously you have to catch that. But on we do a little fact of fiction in the zone uh, with with Gabbard's me and, arm was it, just too strong. That's or... what happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I, but I said to, to Jason Lebo and Dylan, I said fact of fiction here: the Chiefs' best receiver at the end of this year is going to be Sky Moore. I mean, we all thought about it for a little bit, and I said, I think it's fiction, because I think it's going to be Rasheed Rice. I, yeah. I think he has the highest ceiling for sure, and uh, he, he looks comfortable. And it's really, really, really rare for a wide receiver, a rookie wide receiver, in his third NFL game with Andy Reid, to be on the field a lot, looking comfortable out there. That's huge. Well, and what I said when he was drafted... I understood a lot of people's concerns about the small school, SMU, second round. Do you want someone else? I mean, I, I still said I wanted Cedric Tillman because I love Cedric Tillman at, uh, at uh-huh. Tennessee. Yeah, but what I did say is when I look back, even then, I said, look back at what he did in college. Yeah. It wasn't a projecting of potential. It was he was dominating year in and year out. You saw, like, what was a top three in yardage and yards per game that senior year's last year. Hmm. I don't care if it's a small school or not. And SMU's not, like, not that, that small. But but the point is, if you do it at that level, odds are you can probably find ways to get that to translate to the NFL a lot quicker. Um, again, smaller level, but if you were dominating, that doesn't mean that you are sitting here saying, well, it looks like he could do this. You're not projecting because he has done it. And that's why I, I was so enthused when I looked back when he was drafted. I go, you know what, though? I can't be mad at the production that they saw from him. He dominated. Though. That's what he he did. What he was supposed to do. The Chiefs did what they were supposed to do against the Bears. You don't talk about the lack of competition because yeah. they did what they were supposed to do. That's right. One guy I want to bring up to you. He was the villain. It felt like all off season. Justin Watson. Oh yeah. It seems like every single game he's two, three catches, fifty plus yards. He has some big play that the Chiefs need. That that drop in the bucket catch when Mahomes was just. Freaking doing Mahomes thing. Did you see the end zone view of that from behind, like the view from behind? It was unreal, okay. man. It's unbelievable. It, he threw off his right foot. I don't even. I it don't know. It looked like he was like a baseball set. It looked like a like a shortstop, you know. And you just yes, it looked like a shortstop going to first base, but like from from about the pitcher's mound. Like he charged and then flicks <laughs> it. It's unreal. And then Justin Watson was just right there. Yeah. I just want to know your thoughts on Justin Watson because there's a reason why I said. This Chiefs team needs him because it's like a roller coaster. You have to be this tall to ride. You can yep. be better than Justin Watson to see the field. But that the height marker keeps going up because Justin Watson keeps showing up game in and game out. Yeah, I, I think I've been pretty consistent on this with Watson throughout like the back half of last year when it was becoming a, a conversation, and, and certainly all offseason. The contract he signs totally reasonable. What Justin Watson does, and I understand where people get hung up on this, his snap count is enormous compared to his target share. And, and MVS is in a similar boat where his he, he's going to be out there a ton of snaps and might only get car- targeted a couple times a game. But what Justin Watson can do, that Andy Reid trusts him to do, is, you know what, not to compare a, a white guy on offense to a white guy on defense, but he could do some Drew Tranquil bleep in terms of he could be here, 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 or here. You, here's What role do you need him to be in? Now, I think Drew Tranquil is better at all of that, those roles than Justin sure. Watson is. Sure. But you can trust Justin Watson to know the position, run the route, and, and it's not—this has also become more uh, of an open secret or whatever in recent years. It, it's not, hey, you go run a post, okay? Can you do that? Because Justin Ross, can, can you draw a line in the sand and then he can run that <laughs> route for you. 
It's about reading the defense and knowing what that means for the rules that you have. If it's site adjustments or if it's just you, your option routes in real time. And I don't, I don't know where that cutoff is in terms of the difference between Justin Ross's talent and Justin Watson's talent and Justin Ross's comfort in the offense and Watson's comfort in the offense. But wherever that line is, wherever it exists in the spot that it does, Watson's going to be where he's supposed to be, which means having the impact on the defense that he's supposed to have in a given play. If you obviously can't just not cover Justin Watson, right? So if he's stressing you deep and, and forcing a safety to respect him a little bit, that now now life's a little easier for Rice and Sky and, and Travis Kelsey. If you don't give Justin Watson that deep ball respect, Mom's going to go to him. That well, he runs a four-four. The dude is fast. I mean, dude's fast. Dude is moving out there. So that's it. You you have to have a number four receiver essentially, mm-hmm. and, and and again to some extent I. I think there's a little bit of that with MVS also that is sort of an interesting, it'll be an interesting evolution over the rest of this season. I've said it so often that, because I go back to, and people are probably saying, Sterling, you pretty said this 47 times, we'll yeah. like, get ready for 48. Last year, when MVS's snap count went down, Justin Watson's went up, and yep. when Watson's went down, MVS went up. They're very similar style players. Uh, I actually think Watson maybe does everything. Like, he, he does more than MVS, but I don't know if he's at, 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 a, at a lesser level. Yeah. Like, I think you probably trust him more in some roles, but MVS, if you're saying, hey, we want you just to run deep, you're like, oh, I'm taking MVS. Because MVS has the height and he has a little bit of speed on, on Justin Watson. They're also both good and willing blockers. And Very we never talk about that with wide receivers. And I understand why. It's like their tertiary role, but that is part of it. And so that's an, another reason that I've never been like hunting for MVS's salary cap hit, if, you know, to, to let him go. The Chiefs don't need fewer NFL wide receivers right now. They they have a weird group that has some some similar skill sets in some spots and some unproven second round young guys and it's it's a weird scenario that's all revolving around Travis Kelsey, but I'm I'm pretty happy with what we've seen from that group. I also think it will look drastically different from the Chicago Bears secondary to the New York Jets secondary. Yeah. That's going to be an incredibly different test. Yeah, Sky Moore is going to have his hands full. He had a really good game in this one. Because I'm assuming you're going to see Sauce Gardner probably travel with uh, maybe MVS. Maybe I have because no he, idea. He's a bigger bodied guy. That's fascinating. You know, we'll, we'll see how that ends up playing out. But Sky Moore had a really good game in this one. Uh, again, why I keep saying give the dude some time. Let's not give up on a guy after one year. Because you see George Pickens, who, by the way, George Pickens has had a larger opportunity. Mm-hmm. Give Sky more the same opportunity that George Pickens has. Who knows how the numbers would have played out. But two guys I'm going to talk about before we go to break. Justin Ross and Kadarius Tony. Yep. Kadarius Tony hardly played at all. He cut his only target for negative one yards. Right, it was just that little screen pass right yep. there. And then two just, snaps total, I yeah, think, right? And then Justin Ross played a decent amount in this game, right? But first target of the game. First target of the game. And then disappeared and yeah. I, I after that first target I, I, I said or I even tweeted I said is this a Justin Ross breakout game they're starting him he he yeah. is out there getting starters reps yeah and then he somewhat disappeared what do you take away from those two guys who were the talk all off season of Tony and Justin Ross that's right and then what do you look at when you see the uh when it's all said and done Sky Moore Justin Watson Rasheed Rice and MVS I, I think Tony is an easier one because of his toe not his knee but Tony's toe, not knee. Tony's knee seems okay. Tony's toe is a problem. But I, th- I think it they they activated him. 
maybe knowing that, hey, you, you can be the sixth wide receiver today, and actually seventh, I guess still sixth. They activated seven just to have a return man out there. Who looked electric. It looks pretty good. Uh, but they still had to activate seven receivers, and they could have used Wanya Morris or Lucas Niang, and they were both healthy scratches. Just a fun little game of roster construction. Something fun to talk about, you know, closer I, I, to the Jets. You know what? We might say that next week or next time because I, I do find it fascinating because they might be looking back and saying, maybe we should have had one of those guys on the roster. Well, and, and now they, they have him on the roster, just not active. Well, that's right. I'm, so, I'm on the, so now if Prince, 46. If, if Prince is a longer-term deal, all of that. So anyway, with, with Tony, I think you can say, hey, we, probably going to be a lesser workload. We'll see how you feel, whatever. We can activate you and not have to force you on the field. The Chiefs never needed a super explosive Kadarius Tony like gadget player or whatever. So I think that's just, all right, we just you. We got you out there. We don't need to have you out here with Blaine Gabbert, whatever. I mean, or obviously earlier on with Mahomes, but light workload for him. I'm guessing that's a workload management thing. With Justin Ross, the first 15 or the scripted first 15 you know that's the ones that that they've got the game plan coming in this is how we're going to begin the game first pass apparently i think first read to Ju- to justin ross like that was a, a play for him i think maybe it's a little bit to see how the defense reacts when they go oh hold on justin ross is getting this target now or a, a specific thing they want to put in the bears defense's head or maybe something they want to put in the head of teams 10 weeks from now and go, okay, so here's how they're using Justin Ross and how's that going to evolve over time. It's not really, I think Tony did this in week, uh, well, in week one, he was all over the place, just uh, not usefully. There have been a couple examples, and I'm, I wish I could remember what they were, when they were specifically, but where, where a guy is in the first 15 plan and then as just sort of the quote-unquote normal offense is doing its thing, he just sort of falls to the wayside. I think that's I think that's a versatility thing again, in large part of saying I don't think they're ready to give Justin Ross the entirety of the responsibilities of the playbook. Yeah. They would rather have Justin Watson in that role. But if you say, "Hey, hey, Justin uh, Ross," <laughs> say, "Hey, Ross, <laughs> Ross from Friends," are you talking about John? I'm saying no, John. John is, Brown. John. Now, oh boy, we're uh, Ronnie Brown. I don't know. Ronnie Staley's always injured. Uh, uh, Joe Staley. Is that a name? Is he a tackle? Are you, who am I Joe Thomas? Of? I don't know. Thomas, Thomas Jones. Thomas Jones has fun. the biggest biceps I've ever seen. I think, still. I think he really might. Yeah. Who Mike Jones? Um, so so you can have that one, Mike McDaniel. Um, didn't he do a Mike better, Jones thing? Better like Josh. Earlier. Uh, yeah. Well, his hey, is Josh McDaniels. McDaniels. I know yeah, what you yeah, mean. I didn't take it personally. It, yeah. it offends me that Josh McDaniels is a fellow Josh. Yeah. I don't feel like he's earned it. Uh, I feel like he should have to have to change his name. He should have to go by Mick. Um, or Daniel. I think they wanted to get some work to John Ross there. Justin Ross. Damn it. <laughs> I think they wanted to get that target to him early on. Good song by Blink-182. And then, damn it. <laughs> and then as, no, as the game. Song. Then as the game goes on, they have the regulars in the rotation who are out there more. I don't think it's a bad sign or anything, but I do think it's noteworthy that, hey, we're going to – not not that that was a gimmicky play by any means, but, hey, man, this here's where we're going to start shit today, and then hopefully everyone stays healthy and we can let the rest of the number one sort of crew take it from there. Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back as we try and figure out what's my age again.
29. That's my age. 29. I thought about it. I'm 28. About 29 in December. When I went, I did that Monday Chiefs show at uh, Hollywood Casino. Yeah. The Chiefs Legend Show. It's a lot of fun. Um, check it out on Sports Radio 810 Mondays from 6 to 7 p.m. But I was going, they always ask your age when you walk in, right? Because you have to be 21 to, to gamble. Sure. And she asked, she's like, what's your age? And I go, What's Wait, my age I again? Go, I go, Wait, What's my age again? Wait a minute. I couldn't remember the last time I'd actually been asked my age. Yeah. And I completely forgot. So I'm standing there like a buffoon. I'm like, 29. And I'm thinking, how sketchy does this have to look? I, you have to be taking your ID out as you're doing that. <laughs> that's like, like a fake ID 20, moment. I don't you're know. Like, maybe you check. Yeah, you're like, it's like, a, it's like a fake ID almost moment where you're like, how old are you? Shoot, how old does it say on my Arizona yes. fake ID? Right, exactly. Which kids don't get an Arizona fake ID. I have no idea why I said Arizona. It's not like I would have had one of those. You want to admit anything? Don't drink until you're 21, kids. Exactly. I, have I told you I didn't? How about that? Yeah. How about how square I am? Yeah. Well, it's hip to be square. That sounds like a reference that I didn't get. Ah, song. Cool. Oh, really? From what? Yeah. Song, hip to be square. Yeah. Who's it by? Uh, I want it. Oh, who's the band in um, American Psycho that he loves? Um, oh, American. Huey Lewis in the News. Oh, American Beauty, American Psycho. The Fall Boy album? We're done. We're She's not doing... an American we're not, Beauty. We're not dun, doing dun, this game. Dun, dun, dun. I'm American Psycho. Yeah, I know. an American beauty. Your voice is... I'm an American. Looks like the Broncos American right now. Psycho. Uh, giving them a 70 spot. Talk about some American psychos. <laughs> Mike McDaniel. Hello, sir. Okay. I don't know how much worse it can get for the Broncos. Don't know how much worse it can get for the Bears. Uh-huh. Which team is in a worse spot? I was going to tell you, but I got a hot take. Throw the Jets in there also, just because. Go. Well, so I, here's here's my clarifying question. Because I think there are different answers. I think. Do you want to talk about which organization is in the worst spot currently, or which fan base is the most down bad? Oh, the, Jets are down bad the most because <sighs> yeah, because they 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 had Super Bowl aspirations and now they have oh bleep let's uh let's win five or six games. Let me make an argument for our friends in Colorado. Because last year, they had a savior. Russell Wilson was coming to Denver to turn the Broncos franchise around. Broncos country, let's ride. That thing imploded relatively quickly. Not oh, this yeah. quick. Not this quickly. I think they, they start 2-1 and one or something. No, because remember Nathaniel Hackett decided to try and kick a field goal. They won a when they you look and see it. how their season started, they won a, they won one of their first three games as memory serves. <laughs> it wasn't this bad. You know, this you, fast. you know how how big of a shot that is going. They probably won one of their first three games last year. I love that that's just uh not a shot. It just um It's just true. It's just true. It's just true. Yeah. So whatever however it started last year, we are now have just completed week three. They did start two and one. They started two and one. They lost the first game to Seattle, then won against Houston, beat Houston, beat San Fran. They beat San Francisco in week three. Lost to the Raiders, lost to the Colts. And it fell apart. Yeah, it was bad after but, that. So, but they, they had one bad week, but really after three weeks, the Broncos believed. So they have a savior. Savior falls apart. This year, it's a new savior. And I, I say this having just like followed a decent number of Broncos people on Twitter. New savior comes in. He's going to save your old savior and your franchise. 
And after week three, he's picking fights with reporters, saying, where's the question? Because it's hard to say, Sean, you just got your ass thumped so hard that it it, it should have, should have been an NFL record, except for Mike McDaniel, who his opening press conference is the, the first time as the head coach of the Dolphins, if you didn't see him as, a, as the OC in, in San Francisco, you would have thought they were pulling a prank. But the team who tampered with you illegally got cost a first-round pick, got a 70-burger put up against you by a former Denver Broncos ball boy. So I guess what I'm asking, Sean Payton, is how does that feel? And how did that happen? And he's pissed. He doesn't want to answer that question because he came in and talked mad bleep immediately. One of the worst coaching jobs of all time (laughs) the year before. That's my favorite thing. Talk bleep, get hit. He talked ad nauseum about how a the worst coaching performance he had ever seen, how they were a bunch of, uh, they, they were in over their head. Nathaniel Hackett still getting shots taken at him, even though he's now with the New York Jets. Yep. Uh, again, it should be the New Jersey Jets, but I'm going to die on this hill. That's fair. Um, and he just perpe- he's just perplexed about how anyone would have any questions about how poor of a job he has done. But luckily, you know, let's be real, Broncos fans, it's not like you gave up draft capital to get a head coach. It's not like you gave all this obscene money to a quarterback who's beyond washed up. And it's not like said head coach came in and said, you know what, it was all the coaching. Russell Wilson didn't fall off that bad. No chance. No chance any of that happened. No chance you got a 70-burger put on you by a former ball boy of said organization. I don't get it. I... No one was allowed to wear bucket hats. I thought I fixed it. Sean Payton, I've said time and time again, is closer to Mike McCarthy than he is to Bill Belichick. But quite frankly, that's disrespectful to Mike McCarthy. (laughs) At some point, come on, Sean. At some point, are we going to sit here and say, well, you know what? Maybe he had a Hall of Fame quarterback for his entire career. Maybe that played a factor. Congrats on winning your one Super Bowl. Your one now calling to the stand, Dylan Michaels. Dylan? Uh, I was bowing out of that for a reason, if anyone was wondering why I was so quiet back here. The uh, Sean Payton apologist is very quiet, so I will not be commenting or taking any stands. Wow. Sean Payton's done I rest my right? Sean, Sean Payton's done <laughs> the defense this rest. year. You think he's retiring? Oh, dude. You think you, he faces the Chiefs? <laughs> Here's the hill I will Twice? die Twice? Two more times? He would be exponentially better and more well thought of if he had just waited one season and stayed at Fox and then taken Brandon Staley's job next year. Oh, Dylan! Oh, I love that take. Now here's my—that's my spin zone. Oh, but I love—but you're right. It's so right, though. It's so right. Why did? I mean, I guess the Walmart family probably pays you well. Uh, probably better than the, you know, probably Thanos family. That is probably true. I guess that's probably true. But dude, like, what's the rush if if you could if you could wait out Justin Herbert? Oh, it's such a good call. Well, you know, he thought that the coaching job of the Broncos was the issue as was the issue last year, and I will say the Broncos still the same issue. <laughs> it's coaching. <laughs> And quarterbacking, to be fair. And quarterbacking, to be fair. Oh. Dude, it's it, it, Joseph is having the time of his life out there. Oh, Dude, yeah, what are man. we doing? It's just hilarious. What are we doing? I, the, the, the lack of awareness from Sean Payton is just astounding. I have nothing against I want, Sean I want, Payton I want until coaches he came to talk. in. And, oh, I did too. I want them to say interesting things. But but you got to back it up. Like, Dion, yeah. when he got smacked by Oregon, what did he say? That's on us. That's on me. i got to be better. There's no excuse. Like, Dion owned up. It yeah. wasn't a situation of, of he's pointing fingers or hiding. And he also, I don't 
to my knowledge, didn't really call out the previous coaching staff at Colorado. Maybe he did. I know he called out a lot of the like the players. Yeah, so some like, the players we're, got to the portal. We're doing something different. Like, yeah. the, but Sean Payton, this is the NFL, man. You you get head coaching jobs typically, not always. There's some really bad head coaches that we have seen. Obviously, I think Urban Meyer is the first one that comes to mind. That was an absolute debacle. <sighs> and Nate Hackett. Uh, but 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 still. But Sean can't say it. We can. Exactly. Other, uh, we can, you don't yes, say that. There are certain fraternity. things like Justin Fields blaming the coaching staff yeah. and then all of a sudden deciding to blame the media saying, I would never blame anyone else besides myself. And we're just sitting here going, hey, Justin, you know, five minutes before when you were talking about the coaching staff. We still have we, that audio. We still have that audio. It wasn't just a race because you thought it was. or It's tough because, again, I, I, I get frustrated by coaches and quarterbacks saying nothing. And when they say something really, really uh, filled with vibrato – all of a sudden, it's like, hey, guys, like, come on, what are you doing here? But I, I feel like there is room to be like, hey, now that – none of this is about what Sean Payton said as an analyst, by the way. When he, when he was on Fox or whatever, you're an analyst. You need to analyze. You need to 100%. say stuff. That's cool. But when you are the head coach of the Broncos, it's, it's not even that I think he's a bad person because he bleeped on Nathaniel Hackett. I think that's a pretty wild thing to say right out of the gate – because that pressure is going to sit on your own shoulders, and so if your shoulders buckled, you're going to have to deal with that. And that—that's all. I, coaches who are built for that should talk like that. Correct. Mike McDaniel should talk his bleep at at his leisure, and if it falls down on you, you're going to get crushed by it. You got to dig sure. your way back out again. Andy Reid does not want that. He he is a part of that coaching fraternity to such an extent that it's been building up around him over over the the decades of time in the NFL, but. If, if you're going to be that guy, be that guy. But, but You're but not don't, that guy, pal. But you you might not be that guy. <laughs> and that's what it comes down to, quite frankly, is if you would came out 3-0, then you're sitting here talking about, okay, yeah, Sean Payton is him. He's that dude. He ain't that dude. Okay, you're looking at it, and I'm taking a look-see right now. They have the, what, third worst point differential in the NFL through three games. Uh, the Broncos minus 53. They are the Bears three. Worse? Uh, the Bears are worse at minus 59, and the Giants at minus 55 since they gave 40 to 0. Wow. That first okay. Game they get. So they got, the Giants got blown out 40 to 0, and they were 10 points closer to winning that game than the Broncos were against the Dolphins. <laughs> That's amazing. That's incredible. So, yeah, Sean, my question to you is how do you think you have the absolute audacity to talk smack? On the previous regime, and then you get asked a question, and you decide to curl up into a ball. That's that's the and, and to get like offended by the idea, the gall to ask this question. Yeah, yeah, impressive. Yeah, it really absolutely is. impressive. Uh, taking just a look around the NFL right now, um, you see the zero and three Vikings, the zero and three Bears, the zero and three Panthers, and the zero and three Broncos. One team stands out to me, and that is yep. the Vikings. Vikings, I think, are actually a decent team. What's really funny is every single one score game last year went their way. Every single one score game this year has gone against them. Yep. They could easily be three and zero right now. I don't know if you watched that game against the Chargers. That was a really, uh, really fun game. Mm-hmm. There was some um, obviously some miscues in that game but again it it left me thinking what is this Chargers team because Mm -hmm. let's let's stick with the AFC West I think the Vikings will actually bounce back that's not a very good division the NFC as well last year they were like the worst whatever 8-0 team in history and this year they're going to be the 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 best best 0-5 team or whatever (laughs) yeah but but 
from the AFC West perspective, the Chargers, they they needed that game. I don't want to say they had to have it because I think that's the most over one of the most overused tropes in sports is it's a must-win game. I'm like, dog, there's 14 more games left. It's not a must-win game until you actually have to win said game. But they moved to one. They were one close to that territory, they're, though. They're, for, they're, for week three. They were close, but Keenan Allen going over 200 yards, had a nice 49-yard touchdown pass as well. But they also <laughs> lose Mike Williams for the season. Yeah, huge. That was a huge loss for the Chargers and my fantasy football team. Um, this is when nobody cares. Yeah, this is when no one cares. But, but again, I feel for Mike Williams because he, he yeah. fought through a back injury. Yep. Spinal. Mm-hmm. Like he's Mike Tyson, mm-hmm. you know. But they moved to one and two. What was your take on the Chargers in general? Where do they go from here? I I still don't see a path for them to <sighs> contend is a difficult word. This is something we've talked about a bunch and I I am I'm tempted to cut my AFC list of contenders at 3 after Kansas City, Miami and Buffalo. I I think that's a boarding too early on on Baltimore. I think Cincinnati is just in a confused place right now with Burrow's calf and did I leave somebody out other than I wanted to come back around to the Chargers? I think I, I think I've mentioned the correct number of teams. Uh, CJ Stroud looks pretty good. He looks pretty good, but they're not winning this year. <laughs> Tank Dell, uh, baby. CJ Stroud absolutely looks legitimately like excellent, and and that's really fun. Um, but KC, Miami, Buffalo, Gap, Baltimore, Cincinnati, and then I guess Jacksonville is the team that I kind of relegated after this week. Not after the Chiefs game, yeah, yeah. but after week three. I think you can almost make the case. Hear me out. Let, let me get your thoughts. You can push back. Slight case for Cleveland in that second group. Yeah, I just slight case. I, I, I didn't get. I didn't is, see much last week. They, they've got a quarterback who's incredibly expensive and incredibly bad right now. Yeah, but I that hear defense, you. Defense though is whoop. the defense is great. The the Browns and Jets have similar arguments to me. And if Trevor Simeon can outplay Deshaun Watson, which he might, I think the Jets might take the Browns spot in in my little version of that. But I, I hear you. But if we're talking about like a team that you can see hoisting a Lombardi Trophy. You can pr- probably make an argument still for six or seven in the AFC, but I think there are three or four that are a cut above. Baltimore's right on that line for me. Yeah. I was really excited about Brandon Staley his first year or so. And this isn't about him going forward on fourth and one in their own territory to try to ice the game, because I understood the logic of it. Sure. Even though analytically minded Josh Briscoe over here. I'm not sure I would have had the guts. Okay, Ricky Henderson, you're talking third person now? Uh, just for that one instance. Okay. Josh will not do that very often. Josh did it a few times just for fun, just, just, just as a little treat for Josh. I'm not sure I would have had the guts to go for it there because you know exactly what's happening if you don't get it. The, the, but I don't hate it. The problem is that's not who Brandon Staley's been the last couple of years. He, he has re- receded back into his shell and way, way, way more importantly in the Brandon Staley conversation, defense stinks. The defense has stunk the whole time. You were here to be a defensive guru. You spent a lot of money on defense. J.C. Jackson notwithstanding, because you could blame that on the GM or whatever. Sure. But that's a catastrophe. Yeah. Your defense has stunk the whole time, and your window of Justin Herbert on a rookie contract is closed. Or at least like will close at the end of this year, essentially. I don't know what his cap hit is next year, but it's coming. You squandered that. When you squander that at the NFL level, you don't get to do it again. You certainly don't get to keep, to, to, to keep doing it with the same team. So I don't have any any voice to defend Brandon Staley at this point. I I don't know what what his defensive acumen really is. And the part that I thought made him stand out from other NFL head coaches, he's largely put behind him now. So I just, now now with, with them being perpetually banged up, I don't know what the plan is for Austin Eckler, I think Justin Herbert's great. I think Keenan Allen is great. Keenan Allen's probably going to miss some time also just just based off of history, despite being an absolute 
animal out there, really, like a treat to watch. I I just think that team that that team needs a soft reboot a little bit. Obviously, your quarterback is your quarterback, but there are so many things that I just feel like they're just they were not quite constructed quite right, and they don't have the right guy at the top. It's which is sort of depressing because they have so much talent. If you're a Chiefs fan, who cares? But I'm I'm a little sad about it. Well, let's not be sad. Yeah, because we're gonna take a quick break. Okay, and we're gonna be glad, and we might play a little of this or that after the set. A little sad or glad? A little sad or glad? Quick break. Come back right after this. All right, this or that with Josh Briscoe. Yeah. Who gets canned first? Josh McDaniels or Brandon Staley? I think it's Staley. I There was a report, I think it might have been like Bill Plaschke or somebody. Somebody on Around the Horn was talking about the Raiders not having the money to fire Josh McDaniels and hire a new coach. <laughs> so I think that could keep going. Uh, is Josh, Mc, uh, Josh McDaniels the first coach fired then? Not Josh no. McDaniels. I Is mean, Staley? Uh, Staley, the first coach fired. Then yeah. I don't. I don't know because I don't know if there's going to be a solution in house for them. Maybe they like Kellen Moore be the interim. That could be kind of interesting. Yeah. First year for him though. But yeah, I'll I'll go ahead and still say yes. But I haven't given that a ton of thought to be honest. Small sample size. List these three quarterbacks who has the best NFL career: C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson. You small sample size. Stroud, Richardson, Young. That's the correct answer. Carolina's problems are not Bryce Young's fault. That's the one thing I want to say. He had no one to throw the football to. So I, I'm not out on Bryce Young yet, but Stroud looked great, and Richardson's a lot of fun. Does the NFL and the refs have any idea what a actual legal formation is, or is it just, hey, we see Jawan Taylor, he's on the field, so let's call him whilst you look around the NFL. And I saw one clip, and it was legit just the center on the yep. ball. Yep. And those Bengals last night, the Bengals, right? they had the four dudes. Like, Orlando Brown Jr. is a Boeing 747 away from the center, but you know what? That's fine. They know what it looks like. They just uh, only care to enforce it against 74 Red. Uh, do the Ravens win the AFC North? Yes. Or... Oh. Yes, I think they do. When do the Bengals figure the offense out? When Burrow gets healthy. I think it's next week. Believe it or not, I they, they found someone with Jamar Chase and yeah. T. Higgins, and the word in the words of Joe Namath was struggling. Yes, that's so true. I think the offense would have looked, looked a lot better if T. Higgins actually you know caught the rock. Burrow's got to be able to move in the pocket. Uh, is Tua Tagovailoa the best quarterback for the Miami Dolphins? Not saying he's the most talented quarterback in the NFL. We know that it's not Mahomes or Josh. Is he Young. like the best choice, the best for- fit for the Miami Dolphins? I not really. I don't know. He's he's doing a fantastic job. I think they'd be fun with Mahomes too. Who wins the AFC East? Miami. Wow. Over the Bills already. Yeah. I'm going to say it. I'm going to try it. It sounds good. Who wins the AFC South right now? That dumpster fire. I think Jacksonville probably figures it out. Uh, and believe go. it or not, I like the Chiefs in the AFC West. Huh. Surprise. 